All right, Tyler, next story for the morning. We're chatting Epic Games, founders of Fortnite, infamous Battle Royale game. They have nabbed some pretty hefty real estate. So let's get into it. This is some reporting out of the News and Observer. Fortnite creator Epic Games is going to expand its physical footprint by recycling some commercial real estate. Uh, The company announced that it's going to purchase Cary Town Center, which is a mall in North Carolina, a pretty decrepit and defunct mall. There's only a handful of stores still operational in the mall, and they're going to convert the space into its official headquarters by uh, 2024. The uh, 87-acre property sold for $95 million, and the goal for Epic Games um, had been previously to expand their existing location, but once COVID hit and they found an opportunity to start from scratch to really uh, reimagine an HQ from the ground up, they decided to shift their focus. So their plans are to build the new HQ with the $1.78 billion raised from investors in 2020. And uh, when that figure was first reported, Epic Games was the most valuable venture-backed company in North Carolina, valued at $17.3 billion, which I'm sure made the decision to sell the community's mall site for an Epic Games HQ, uh, definitely an attractive one. Uh, the HQ will probably be similar to the bustling big tech campuses that have uh, defined HQs for the last several years. And not much has been shared about the actual design or vision of the space, but the uh, general idea includes office buildings, of course, but also recreational spaces, things like uh, large basketball courts, etc. And Epic also plans to see if the town of Cary would want to use any of the extra property, in case there is extra property, as a public space. Uh, Cary's mayor, Harold Weinbrecht, said the following in a prepared statement, quote, We're extremely proud that Epic has chosen to call Cary home for their new global headquarters, and we greatly appreciate the company's recognition of Cary's existing assets, as well as the unlimited potential of the area for their growing business. End quote. I want to play another uh, quote from the mayor. Here he is in an interview with a local TV station, CBS 17, discussing why he sees the campus as a potential boost to the surrounding community. I I found this very interesting, and this feeds into my multi-layered breakdown of why I think this is an important story. So let's go ahead and hear that clip, and then we'll jump into our quick takes. I I think it's outstanding. Uh, Having a global headquarters uh, in our southeastern gateway is pretty exciting. Perry's mayor hopes the new headquarters will give a boost to the businesses surrounding the mall. On one side of the mall, you have an established neighborhood that's been there close to a half a century. And the other two sides, you have small shopping centers that have a lot of failing businesses. So having something in the middle of all that is going to generate a lot of energy and activity into that area. Cary Town Center has struggled in recent years, and several proposals to revamp the site have failed to come to fruition. Only a few stores remain open. Old mall sites are not going to be around much longer. They're dying breed. All right, Tyler, what are your thoughts on this story? There's definitely a few B2B angles here, so I'm curious what stood out to you. I think the the angle that I wanted to focus on, and the, the most intriguing from my perspective is 
This feels like the kind of the last step in the evolution of retail in uh, this country, just in that uh, we, we've talked in the past about retail becoming smaller, more nimble, creating a better experience for consumers, for customers, things along those lines. But the idea that the the shopping mall has, has kind of faded out, that that's no longer the thing that it was. And if you've watched any uh, kind of pop culture type stuff recently, everything from Stranger Things to Wonder Woman 1984, you see pretty prominently featured in both of those um, both of those pieces of, uh, of entertainment, shopping malls from the 80s and how they were this vibrant kind of a thriving thing. And we've, we've evolved from that. We've, we've kind of moved on from that. And so the, the, most, the, the most curious aspect of this story to me is what do you do with these retail spaces, these giant structures, whether they're shopping malls or strip malls, things along those lines that have kind of faded into obscurity and aren't really being used in this country anymore. What do you do with those types of facilities? Do they just sit vacant? Are they eyesores for a community? Um, does somebody try to come in and revitalize them with new stores, kind of following the old model? And so I'm, I'm curious to see if other people can follow this model of taking what was previously a shopping center and turning it into something as innovative as a, you know, a, a corporate headquarters for a gigantic company like Epic Games. Um, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that there are other aspects of this story that are extremely intriguing from a community perspective, from surrounding business perspective. But for me, it has to take uh, creative minds and some willing professionals that can do this sort of work to really evolve these kinds of spaces and kind of help save that structure from, you know, whatever else could have happened with it. And so I'm, I'm particularly curious to see a, how this goes and B, if this isn't part of a larger trend that we're going to see of shopping malls and other facilities like it being turned into different things, be it, you know, be it corporate headquarters or schools or, you know, anything else. I'm not creative enough to come up with a, a lot of other options, but I'm sure that there are options out there. And so I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what plays out with some of these structures that have stood empty for so long. Yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. That's part of my analysis here. Let's go ahead and get into my take. Uh, and I'm curious your thoughts as I break this down. But to me, this is a double layered story. Um, the first half, or I guess the first layer that I want to unpack, is how truly massive and successful Epic Games has become. I think the fact that they've raised so much investor capital off of a Battle Royale game like Fortnite means that they're not a two-bit player in the space, which uh, in retrospect may make their legal battle against Apple seem less like a David versus Goliath and a little more like an even playing field. That's a whole other discussion, but just interesting to bring that back up. Video games in general have not been hit hard at all by the pandemic. In fact, the complete opposite. Video games surged during the pandemic. People love their Animal Crossing. People ate up that PS5 as soon as it dropped. And according to IDC data and reporting by MarketWatch, video games as an industry uh, are expected to have surged 20% to about $179.7 billion, so about $180 billion in 2020. And that number places the video game industry as one of the most valuable entertainment industries, bringing in more revenue than the global film industry and North American sports industry combined in 2020, which would make sense, right? Those are uh, often live experiences. You know, you go to the stadium, you go to the movie theater. Those got hit so hard that now video games are more valuable than both of them combined, which I, I just found nuts. But, you know, alas, such is life. Uh, Epic Games is expanding then at a really key moment. 
where video games and its largest players, both the console manufacturers and the game developers, could be the next wave of big tech and entertainment moguls, which I imagine could lead to more video game partnerships uh, and marketing initiatives from other industries wanting to get in on that hype. It could lead to cutting-edge immersive experiences becoming household staples and really integrating themselves first within the video game world etc etc so any thoughts on that first layer tyler do you agree there do you disagree there do you think that this is you know a key moment for them to expand i i kind of do i i see this as that moment i suppose where i, I you know we, we've talked about this numerous times but you look at what has happened in some of the evolutions and changes that have occurred kind of during the pandemic and i think one of them is just that people are currently quite invested in gaming and in what you know, and in that ecosystem and landscape, right? And I think that as particularly like millennials and younger get older, gaming has been a consistent part of our upbringing for, uh, you know, pretty much the entirety of it, right? And so I think as we continue to get and become the largest buying and consumer demographic in the country, that gaming's only going to continue to get bigger. So I do see this as a strategic moment when other businesses and industries are down and you're up, I think that's a that's a strategic moment for you to take advantage and to um, maybe double down on your position in the marketplace. Agreed there, man. So here's the second layer of the story, which harkens back to what you were just talking about uh, around the commercial real estate side of this. But yeah, I think the second layer of the story is just how destitute the mall landscape has become and also what that means for the surrounding communities. The mayor brought it up when describing the surrounding areas in his uh, little soundbite. He said that there's a half century old neighborhood and a strip of small local businesses right around the mall. So will a massive sprawling corporate headquarters actually provide more connection or activity and business to the surrounding communities? Uh, you know, you would want to think, oh, yeah, more business is business. But I think it's important to be critical of, you know, which companies um get the green light to build these massive campuses and what that actually does to the surrounding areas. We've seen this a lot on the West Coast, but often with these developments, the vision of something fresh and new can uh, bulldoze a lot of existing culture, both literally and figuratively, which can lead to tangible gentrification, which can drive out small businesses and also raise living expenses for the whole community. So, you know, I don't know how that small neighborhood right next to a giant corporate campus is actually going to feel about, oh, yeah, got to love when business comes to the community. It's like, yeah, but what if all those people that move in now want luxury condominiums right next to where they work? OK, well, sorry, half century old neighborhood, you know buy. That's usually how this plays out. So, you know, is that going to happen? I'm not saying like I can predict the future, but it is a trend as these major corporate campuses, um, you know, lock into different communities and end up becoming huge parts of their community. So I think if a massive gaming company brings their cutting edge HQ to Little Cary, North Carolina, it will take a lot of planning to prevent this massive influx of white collar workers from making the area unaffordable as it tries to cater to them and a maybe a higher um, you know, standard of living. 
In this second layer is also what you were saying, Tyler, the impact of dying malls on existing massive commercial real estate. And like we've seen with Amazon purchasing mall property to turn it into distribution facilities, much of the old retail economy's infrastructure is being absorbed into the new Uh, And that includes transitioning these sites into corporate office space as well. So I'm sure commercial real estate companies with holdings in mall properties are seeing this news and foaming at the mouth to unload properties, which, um, you know, are only actively losing relevance. So, you know, the clock is ticking, basically. And I imagine we'll only see more and more stories about dead JCPenney's becoming warehouses for Amazon or new sky rises or new HQs, et cetera, et cetera. What does puzzle me, though, about all of this is, uh, Uh, how valuable this investment is in a post-COVID environment where work from home has become so normalized, especially in big tech and in, um, you know, a lot of sort of Silicon Valley style white collar environments. Many campuses have said that work from home is the new normal and they get to save money on renting or upkeeping their massive properties. So Epic Games must be pretty confident in its growth to invest all of this, um, capital that they got in 2020 into a physical location, but the choice to sink said fresh capital into a piece of corporate property rather than something maybe more innovative or more forward thinking to expand their portfolio seems like it could backfire. Any thoughts there, Tyler? That's a really interesting point. Um, I hadn't really considered it from the perspective of uh, is is it wise to invest in corporate real estate right now? Uh, again, I, I think that at this point, uh, I'm guessing that the price that they were able to get this facility for was less than it would have been in a pre-pandemic world. And so it, it might just be another strike while the iron is hot, kind of take the opportunity that is afforded to you by the current situation, kind of situation where they think we do want to have a facility like this at some point in the future. Now is as good a time as ever to get in on that. I I think that's interesting. And one of the other things I want to want to respond to was as you were talking about community influence, you know, how this affects surrounding areas and surrounding businesses. I don't know that there's a way to know until it happens, but the things that that you tend to see when there is a facility like this is a is an increased willingness in communities to build infrastructure that will uh, enhance this type of a facility, uh, make getting to it and in and around it easier. And so, if public transportation becomes widely available, um, and like maybe there is uh, there's more rail line or more uh, bus routes and that sort of thing that goes to this area, but also can go out and, and does a good job of servicing the entire community and is effectively run and done well, then I think that there is a chance that this does help revitalize the area to the benefit of everybody. But that's only if those supporting infrastructure um, decisions are done and done the right way. And again, there's just no way to know whether or not that's going to happen until it actually does. Yeah, totally agree there. You know, it's um, it's really dependent on how the city decides to roll out the building of this HQ, how much uh, they value that business and if they end up you know placing it on a pedestal and it being sort of a a cornerstone of Cary, north carolina um that could have both like you said some positive consequences where uh the you know expansion of the surrounding area to make that hq more of a hub could have uh you know ripple effects to other services and other business to the surrounding community I think it could also potentially have some negative consequences as these, uh, you know, 
white collar workers come in and sort of change the culture of the area. Uh, but alas, that's something that we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, it's going to take a lot of planning from many parties. So ear to the ground, we'll hopefully do some follow-ups on this one. 